I'm Craig Fisher, and this is Inside Talent, where we take you into the minds behind the scenes and show you some of the coolest tools and best practices of some of the coolest people in the talent industry. This episode is part of our talent sourcing series brought to us by Visage.jobs, where you can crowdsource sourcing. Today, I speak with Rory O'Doherty from Alas.io about the implications of GPT-3 for talent acquisition. Hey, it's Craig Fisher, and I'm here with Rory O'Doherty from Alas.io. I hope I said that right. And uh, I know Rory from his previous incarnation, uh, where he was uh, in a startup incubator. And Rory, why don't you just tell us about you and uh, what you do? And we're going to talk about GPT-3 today. Cool. Thanks, Craig. Um, and you got Olas and my name right. That was pretty impressive. impressive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so my background, I spent the last three years at Talentech Labs, which I'm sure some of your, your viewers are familiar with. Um, Talentech Labs started off as an incubator around talent acquisition technologies and then kind of pivoted into a research and advisory firm for corporate TA and staffing firms. So I led the advisory uh, services there doing a lot of reviewing of technologies, really diving into how they work across corporate, large TA, small organizations, and uh, staffing firms. Um, And then about three months ago, just as the pandemic was hitting, I decided that it was time to to try and kind of bring something to market myself. So I started creating what's called Olus.io. Olus is the... Irish for knowledge through experience. And the whole concept is empower users, empower candidates with knowledge about digital careers, the skills they need, what the jobs will actually entail, what are the real requirements and what are the kind of bonus requirements. Um, Educate them. So through short uh, form video, educate them in those skills, make sure they're hitting hard objectives and getting tangible quantifiable experience in those roles, in those skills, and then connect them up to employers for full-time employment. Um, It's an area that both TA leaders and candidates have been kind of talking to me about for the last number of years. And it's something that, you know, I think needs to be in the world. So we're we're gonna bring it to to the fore. Um, And today I think we're talking about GPT-3, am I right? Yes, you are (laughs) absolutely right. Uh, so I, I love what you're doing uh, with your new platform. I think that's great. And it, we've talked about this a little bit before. It's sort of like social talent, but for job seekers. And I think there is a need for that. And so I, uh, I think that's wonderful. And I hope to be able to contribute. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate that. Um, if I could ever get to the, the, the quality and the level of the social talent team, that would be you know, a dream come true. Absolutely. Well, it's pretty good stuff. I know because I'm on there. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So when uh, when I was with Allegis and you were with Talent Tech Labs, um, we looked at a lot of companies that were starting to uh, incorporate um, natural language text uh, into their bots, right? And uh, trying to do that outreach. GPT three uh, is uh, absolutely. Um, you know, the next iteration and it's going to be a hot, hot mess and a hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's already starting to get some media attention. It, I think the economist did an article about it a couple of days ago. It is, you know, the, the very front of that, um, that hype train or the, the, you know, the hype cycle. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So we're definitely going to be hearing about it a lot over the next couple of months. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can dive into where it might be actually useful for TA leaders, for recruiters, and where, you know, where it might still need uh, some improvement. So for those people who might not know at all what we're talking about, why don't you explain briefly, what is GPT-3, um, what are the implications, and, uh, you know, what, what's coming next here? Yeah, sure. So GPT-3 stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer 3, which is a mouthful in itself. And it, I don't know, the data scientists don't, shouldn't be you know, in charge of naming things. Right. Um, but essentially, it's, it's the third iteration of this model that OpenAI, a, a research lab out of San Francisco, has developed. It's a text-in, text-out model. So you, you input text, and it spits out other text. Um, what's really impressive about it is, is how uh, natural language machine learning works, right? So there's data that comes in, there's a number of parameters, and they match up, and they, they're weighted, and then they spit out a, an outcome that's, that's an approximation, right? Um, up until now, the amount of parameters has been kind of limited to around um, just under 20 billion. GPT-3 GPT has 175 billion parameters. So it's just getting <laughs> extremely narrow in that approximation. Obviously, for or not obviously, but for good machine learning outcomes, you want high parameters, high variables, well-weighted, well-understood, and then an absolute ton of data to get you know the, the lot of big data playing on your sides. Um, Maybe to put that in context, Craig, for a second, you know, I studied economics and finance in in university, and we used to model things. You know, I modeled um, breaking an entry in San Francisco, I believe, if I remember correctly, in order to try and help the police department there figure out where they should be putting their their officers. I had five parameters. Anything above that, I, I couldn't understand it. The model broke. Right. Um, so these guys are doing, you know, something. A lot more impressive than that. Yeah, it's wild. I think uh, Elon Musk is uh, getting really interested in this. Um, he, you know, he talks about our uh, the digital extension of ourselves, and you know that will be embedded in our heads at some point soon. And he wants to be, you know, along for the ride. Uh, and he feels like that that's how we get on board with this, um, you know, the AI machine that is going to kind of take over according to him. And so we're going to we're going to strap ourselves into that and uh, be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So I, I could see that happening. I also think he's going to go uh, mine gold on the moon or something as well. So, yeah. you know, he's got a, a few plans going on. Yeah. Um, but if you think about AI, right, so there's there's kind of three brackets of it. There's narrow, strong, and then super. Um, narrow is where we're at, right? It's It's augmented intelligence. It's it's UI path, it's, you know, workflows that are automated. Um, yeah. And GPT-3 is at the far end of that. Then, like, you got Strong, which is more your iRobot, more your kind of robots who are approximation of humans are, you know, can make that cognitive leap between one topic and another. And then the super AI, which is what Elon's talking about, what you're talking about is, you know, when AI is much, much better than us at everything. Right. 
Well, and so that kind of brings me to my question. Um, in a situation that where you're going to use GPT-3 and you've got that many parameters, doesn't someone still have to program those parameters? Yeah, to, to an extent, like all these modules, all these models need to be trained on some sort of training data. Um, the programming as such isn't isn't as complex as it has been in the past. And it's only going you know more and more that way. Same as uh, like web development has become more and more low code or no code. Right. So will machine learning become a lot more accessible to your your you know everyday person? Right. Um, but there definitely is a degree of programming. So you do need to feed it with examples of what you want. Yeah, and I think that there have been statement writers for the simple AI that we have right now doing this long enough and cataloging all of those uh, examples, right? That I think they're available, you know, for sale, right? On the open market now, you can just kind of kind of buy those examples and feed it into your data, right? Yeah, very much so. It will, it will require, um, you know, this is the start of the hype. This is the start of GPT-3. It's in beta for researchers right now. There's going to be some tweaks made. As soon as it comes out live, I'm sure there's going to be people jumping all over it saying, yeah. you know, let us be your service provider. Let us let us train this for you. Let us do all the back end stuff for you. And it's, I don't want to go too technical here, but on the back end, it's a simple enough API, HTTPS. Uh, most back end developers should be able to you know, make it work. Right. Yeah. And so I think about it for, you know, recruiting tech right, mm -hmm. and, and employers. And so we could take our, our sponsor today, Visage, as an example, right? They've got this system where you put in a job and a group of 4,000 global sourcers bid on submitting candidates for that job. And you get to crowdsource sourcing. But on the on the user side, on the employer side, where you put the job in, you get back 12 candidates for your first sprint or whatever it is, and a button to easily through that API or through their da dashboard right there to contact that person. Mm -hmm. Now, right now we're writing the contact uh, information or not the contact information, but the, the message. The message, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's a smart CRM, so it inputs first name and it makes it a little personalized. I can imagine with GPT-3, that can all be automated and fairly simply and really quickly, right? Yeah, so th that's the beauty of it. You know, um, most recruiters or most talent acquisition professionals spend a decent amount of their time crafting these handcrafted uh, emails or LinkedIn messages or through Visage, their messages. And, you know, the hit rate is pretty good if you spend your time crafting each one manually. And it's pretty bad if you just use a template and you just stick in someone's name because there's no you know context there, and that's where some recruiters you know get a bit of a bad name in the industry. Correct. Um, the idea between behind GPT three and how I can see it being applied to this kind of context is if you train it on a couple of your previous messages, then it starts to learn your voice, starts to learn. You know, your tone and your be able to speak with your authenticity. Then you just start typing a little bit of whatever email you want to send, and it would be able to create a message you want to send, and it should be able to create a very good approximation of what that will be. Um, so the the inputs that you have to give it are just a couple of words. It's the same as the way I, I kind of conceptualize it is 
when you're typing in Google, Google spits out five or six different, um, you know, auto-filled answers to, to your search. This is literally billions of times more accurate than that. And that blew everyone's mind. So think about what we can do going down the line with this automated messaging. So I can, I can envision um, doing a, a Wonderlic type assessment and giving that information to the GPT-3 engine and saying, learn my voice and learn my mannerisms and learn my motivations and how I would address someone from this assessment. And it could be as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all about looking at what the inputs and outputs are going to be. So maybe it's a matter of um, taking that person's profile through Visage or through any other, you know, online database, and understanding what what how they should be contacted, how they should be uh, engaged. Added to that, how you like to engage people, and then you've got a recipe for success. There's a tool a platform called Human Intelligence that kind of does that. And I, I, I can imagine Juan is chomping at the bit here. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, there's a couple of others, you know, Crystal Knows is a good one that tries to, to get at that, uh, that you know, unique way of approaching candidates. Um, I don't think anyone's corrected yet. Um, I might be, you know, right. slapped on their knuckles for saying that, but, uh, you know, it's still an area to explore. Yeah, I used to use the Crystal Nose tool a lot, and then they started charging too much money for it, so I quit. But I think human intelligence takes it to the next level, and then once somebody gets their hands on GPT-3, who knows how far it can go? That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And like when you think about the, so that's the outbound messaging. You think about you know where your uh, area of expertise might be, um, and kind of recruitment marketing and inbound. You know, job descriptions are, are the bane of this industry. They're, you know, pretty painful to use. Most organizations that I've dealt with tend to have a, a bank of them on a shelf, take them off every now and then, you know, dust them off, clean up a few words, change the, the TM down the bottom and, you know, update the salary maybe and, and stick them out into the world. That's, it's not best practice. Um, <laughs> it's not good practice either. Um, but with GT, GPT-3, and once again, we're going to have to name it something a lot cooler. Um, the idea is that you can take those old job descriptions as training information and then just describe what you want, right? I want someone who's a purple squirrel who has all these different uh, characteristics and uh, skills. Create a job description that's going to, you're going to catch this person, going to catch their eye. And then obviously it's up to the recruiter or to the, the recruitment marketer to, to get it out there, but it's one piece of the puzzle. So I've been thinking about this for a while. This has the capability to create a personalized job description on the fly based on somebody's profile and where they're clicking in from. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I don't see why not, right? The, not I mean, it's all about getting the, the training data in there. So if you have enough info on that person, yeah. if they're coming in through, if they're coming in completely cold, right, and they don't have any cookies or they're you know they've never touched uh, that that career side before, might be a little bit challenging. But if you have the data on them, yeah, one hundred percent. 
Yeah. So, and my thinking is that, you know, apply with LinkedIn kind of died, but if you're still applying through LinkedIn and dragging your profile data over, um, then I don't see why that couldn't work. Or even if you uploaded your uh, resume in PDF format first, um, but I don't see that you do that before clicking on the job link. So I think if you click on the job link from your LinkedIn profile, then in that method, it could work. Or if you're, you know, signed into Indeed, or if you're signed into Glassdoor, or any of the job boards, right? If you have a profile on any yeah. of them, um, and then also if you, if you go one step further and you think about this as it lives on career sites and is powered by someone like Phenom or someone, um, why wouldn't they aggregate data across different, you know, suppliers right. so that no matter who you're coming in from, you get a personalized job description. That's that's really cool. That is arguably in the future a little bit, but but really quite a yeah. neat way of thinking about it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think I think we'll see that in our lifetime. Which, you know, I, let's be honest, we don't really see that many very revolutionary things in recruitment technology. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think we see a lot of innovative things coming from marketing tech and advertising tech and yeah you know i'm i'm working with another nation right now that has got technology that's from um the armed forces and they're, they're trying to you know monetize it into or commercialize it into ta but yeah just pure innovation for for talent acquisition is is not at the forefront let's say well, I'm excited about it. I think, uh, you know, I, I get excited about a, a few things and, uh, you know, clearly Visage is one of them, which is why we're doing this series. Uh, but um, I think that uh, the the implications for GPT-3 are fascinating and I'm, I'm stunned. The, the Economist article that we read uh, about it is just incredible. So for for our viewers and listeners, if you haven't read it, it's is it is the economist right yeah it is the economist and I, i'm i'm quite peeved because i wrote one about two weeks before that and i yeah. just hadn't hadn't hit publish oh um, no they got it out first um so yeah read the economist one and then go read my one and see if we're both talking the, the same same talk um but i do think like there, there's a lot of as we're saying there's not a huge amount of raw innovation in this space but there is a lot of shiny object syndrome um, so I would be keeping an eye on this, hoping to see it being incorporated into different products. Um, ideally people are, you know, talent analytics, people, TA leaders will start looking at it and seeing, okay, should this be in our product or should this be in our tech stack? Um, but it's still a little bit, a little bit to go. There is one other use case, Craig, that I, I think is kind of fascinating, which is, uh, generating search strings, Boolean strings, you know, a practice that by all accounts shouldn't really be a practice at this stage. That's right. Um, so if you had pre set up and you just typed in natural language, who you're looking for, what kind of character, what kind of salary, etc., then the first step I see is, you know, it spits out all the parameters that you'd be able to use in a Boolean search. Um, and then the second step is just, just to skip spitting it out and just doing it right. Just doing it right. Yeah. Serving it up. And I, and I think you're right. I, I think that, uh, here's what I always say about it because I'm a sorcerer at heart myself. Uh, 
um, and it's okay to, to automate things and serve it up to you, but hunters want to hunt. It's why people get into recruiting, right? Mm. And so, you know, you can't take it all away. You have to leave them a little bit of something to play with and discover and, uh, and conquer, which I think, you know, we'll find ways to do that. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I still think that, um, I mean, ultimately you need to, need to connect with these people. You need to, uh, craft the message correctly. You need to be able to understand their motivations and actually convince them to engage, have a call, take the job, whatever it might be. Right. Um, there's still a lot of, lot of art and science to this. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Rory, if people want to read your article, where can they find it and how can they get in touch with you? Um, I'm not hundred percent sure where the article is posted just yet. So I'm going to have to talk to, talk to my PR people. Um, I'm sure if you Google my name and GPT, GPT three, uh, it would probably come up. Um, if you want to talk to me, I'm Rory at Olas.io. Um, we are bringing out the MVP of the product towards the end of this month and fingers crossed it's helpful. Looking forward to that. And thank you for being on with us today. I appreciate it. And it's great to see you. Cheers, Greg. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Cheers, All right. Thank you for listening to Inside Talent. Learn more about the future of talent today at insidetalent.org, where you can sign up for regular updates and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. 